Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. I'm Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Another uh, week closer to the NBA season starting. Uh, media day creeping up week by week by week. So just excited to wait for that to happen. Obviously, uh been trying to follow Team USA a little bit. Yeah. Uh, seeing how they're doing. They've been... They've been balling. I think I feel like, you know, like people were talking about Team USA and how, like, you know, you don't got the big names out there. So, like, oh, the, they're definitely going to lose FIBA because, you know, you all the big names like KD and like LeBron or whatever have you are not out there right now. But I feel like a lot of like the, even the international guys that normally – play the big like Jokic and Giannis all those guys are sitting out too I feel like FIBA right now yeah yeah it seems like they're all kind of like prioritizing the the regular season because I mean you actually want to have them in all season to some degree and you're always like I remember that was always kind of like a point of contention among fans sometimes is should these players be playing in these games and kind of limiting their their off season with it and the risk of injury and all of that I also think like the older they get, the the less they want to play yeah. in the, in these Olympics and things like that. Or maybe the Olympics is different, but like like doing the 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 FIBA World stuff, I think they're less likely to want to do it at that point. Yeah, because the Olympics is just like a it's a completely different like experience, and it's something that's probably a lot more like I guess in it's a historical context, a lot more more significant. So. Right, right. And, I mean, looks like the U.S. is pretty much, you know, I think they had a, a close call versus, uh, who was it versus? I can't remember. They, it was, they, they were trailing, and they had to come back uh, by Anthony Anthony Edwards came, uh, brought them back, and, and they won yeah. uh, a close game towards the end. But, yeah, um, for the most part, they've been taking care of business. And, yeah, yeah. Ant Ant Man looks uh, like he's uh, he's ready to break out. Yeah, that, that, that's the I think that's the good part of it is that we get to see like a lot of these younger players who really get to step into the spotlight, like Anthony Edwards. So they get that platform to really show that their breakout is coming. And I'm definitely hoping to see Anthony Edwards take the next step. But yeah, there is. We we were just talking before we started recording about how we're coming up on this rare time where. MLB, NBA, NFL are all going to be in some sort of swing and we will have action of some sort at the same time. So 
after a long offseason, like, sports are back. And I'm excited. Like, I'm trying to go to a college football game this upcoming Saturday. And we're, we're ready for media day with the Chicago Bulls. I I don't know how people feel about the Bears this year. But, you know, I, I, there seems to be some excitement with that. So, I mean, there, there are things to look forward to. But the beloved Chicago Bulls are always number one on our mind. And we have a bunch to get into today. And I, I know we're going to be talking about uh, we we got we got blessed with a tweet from the uh, the prophet the the Messiah uh, dropping dimes has uh, blessed us with some some new activity uh, regarding Zach Levine. So we're going to get into that. We're going to continue some discussion uh, about the Bulls offseason and just really talking about like this continuity the the continuity and what it's going to lead us to this year and continue some of the discussion about Kobe White and Patrick Williams as well and talking about where the Bulls are going to finish in this Eastern Conference where we talked in the last episode could be a little bit more unpredictable than we think this year but uh joining us to discuss all of that and more on this episode we have a, a special guest he is appearing for the first time on Bulls Gold, he is a producer for CHGO. You will, he, he produces for uh, our, our good friends Big Dave and Will Will the Goat Gottlieb and and Matt Peck, and does a, a fantastic job with their show. He he's a big time Chicago sports fan as well. Joey Spathis or Spathis, sorry, I'm messing up your name, man. Joey Spathis, thank you for joining us today, man. All good. Thank you guys for having me on. I've been listening and I'm just, I'm excited to finally get to chop it up with you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. It's an honor. Hey man, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. Obviously I've met you a few times now, uh, having been able to go to some of these uh, CHGO events and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on and, and getting your uh, full thoughts on the bulls. Cause you know, they, they don't let you talk over there. So uh, we, we gotta, we gotta get you a, a venue here to, to get your bulls <laughs> takes in. As much as I like to poke the fun at Matt and Dave, I got to be honest, they, 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 uh, you know, they, they, out of all the beats, I think welcome my, you know, welcome my takes and all that. But I think in large part is because of guys like you, the Joey's in the, in the comment section who have supported me. So I, I feel, exactly. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to work with them and, you know, they, because they, you know, they allow me to be a part of the show and have fun. And so, but it's cool for me just to, you know, have that open up opportunities to like come on this show. And I just think it's a really cool thing, honestly. No, no I, obviously I kid, uh, Matt and Dave and Will, they all get that you get in on your uh, thoughts here and there and they include you in the show for sure. I, I just mess around, <laughs> but uh, no, definitely your, uh, your, your fan club in the chats, the Joey's, uh, which I am a uh, member of, uh, obviously. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Uh, I to, believe you're uh, the president. Yeah, you're the president of the. Jury. I am the president. Yes, the, the you're, chairman. You're you're balancing that with your duties as uh, president of the Project Pat movement as well. So you're a busy man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna roll the ball out. Uh, we're gonna roll the ball out to you, uh, Joey, unless you get your get your takes in today for sure. Like so. Before we start getting into to all of the, uh, the bull stuff, let, let's talk about your work on CSGO. Like, what, what's your experience been like? I mean, you you, you do a phenomenal job uh, with CSGO, with working with uh, with Big Dave, Matt, Will, and I, I'm sure it's a phenomenal experience, and it really definitely like challenges your 
of you sometimes on Chicago sports. So like, what what's it been like for you uh, to to be with CSU? Yeah, um, that's a great question. It's totally been like a unique thing for me. Um, honestly, like in a lot of ways, I'm just realizing like how little I know about you know the bigger picture of Chicago sports because I'm working along you know, a lot of guys and, and, you know, women who are, you know, older and have seen more and see more athletes come through the city and can just appreciate compared to different things. And so I'm really at the beginning was sort of in awe, just in sort of the knowledge um, collectively of, of the whole building and everyone that was around. Um, and that was a really cool thing for me, just, you know, having so many experts and being able to like soak in, you know, like, just the other day watching some of the bears preseason game. Um, and just, it's a totally different perspective for me to be able to watch that with like Adam Hogue and Mark Carmen and, and Braggs and hear what their takes are and just sort of be a fly on the wall for that. That's like been an incredibly cool thing for me. Um, you know, I came into the job without really any background in formally like producing or doing any of this. And so I sort of just sort of jumped right into it and being able to like be around those guys that I've been, I've been listening to since I, you know, high school and college. It's, it's just a, it's a cool thing for me for sure. And the other thing I would say is like, I mean, being around, you know, I know that this is a bull specific podcast, so I want to talk about the bulls, but like, you know, being around Matt and Dave, um, I just, it, 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 and, and will to a lesser extent, but it's just like, they talk so often about like, the glory days of the bulls and MJ and Scotty and six championships in it. And it just like has shown me to a new level, how much the bulls really mean to some people um, and seeing the community that there is around the world. Like, um, you know, I was a guest before I left for the summer on Sea red UK and, you know, we've got bulls Troy from Australia every day in the comments. He's great. And, and, and honestly, I think one of the coolest parts, sorry, I'm a little bit all over, all over the place, but Piggybacking off that, one of the coolest things that I have learned is just it's it's a very tight knit community between you know like Bulls content creators across different mediums, and there's a ton of like mutual respect and love. And Salim, it's always great to like see you when you come out to our events and you know get to hang out with you. And it's just really cool that you you know to you know be invited on here and you know be making friends through. Chicago Bulls and Chicago sports in general, it's its really been just a mind-blowing uh, year and a half for me, honestly. Well, definitely, yeah. The, the, the tightness of the community as far as, at least within the Bulls uh, creator, uh, content creation community is, is definitely a, a, a thing there. Like, we, we always support each other and we try to have each other's backs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing, you know, you mentioned your perspective of, of the Chicago sports uh, and how that uh, of, of the fans and things like that. Would you say that has been the biggest surprise for you? Like how passionate Chicago sports fan are, like even though you are a Chicago sports fan, but maybe you kind of realize like even how much deeper it goes. Um, yeah, in a way, for sure. I mean, I knew I knew how much Chicago cared about sports for sure. Um, but it does. I mean, every day it sort of amazes me when, you know, we're in the dog days of the summer or whatever in the off season and we're consistently getting hundreds of views on our shows and, and it just goes to show um, people care, people care, 
you know, on everything, on the day-to-day, on even right now, you know, with the Bears, who's going to make the team, all the cuts. And, you know, it's been, it's really reminded me and shown me even another level of just how much people care, just on, on every little thing, every little detail. And, and, and just like how I am as a fan, but just follow extremely closely and, and sort of the challenges, but also the, the fun that is sort of trying to cover all of that that's going on as it's happening. Let, let me let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite memory so far that stuck out to you from working with everyone at CHGO during the season? Like just a moment that just it, 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 it was just like surreal or just a lot of fun that uh, stuck out to you behind the scenes? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, there's been a couple of like really fun shows and, and moments that we've done. Um, I'm trying to think back. I, I think last year when I think of, it was early on for us, but when the bulls beat the bucks in game two on the road and it was like me, Matt, Dave, our boss was watching Jake in the studio and going crazy. And, and that was just a really cool moment. And, and, you know, sort of like, um, I think really was one of the nights that was like solidifying my, my role within the show. And it, and it was just a really good feeling. Um, you know, other times, like I wasn't even there in the studio physically when the bears got the number one pick, but, um, watching the video of those guys and then being in the office for the next couple of days and weeks afterwards, and just the energy and the buzz and, and, you know, the fun that they were having with it on the show, that was incredible. Um, you know, obviously going to Paris with, um, with those guys, with the Bulls crew was, was, you know, a life, uh, you know, once in a lifetime experience that, you know, if you had told me, you know, 10 months before that I was going to Paris to cover the Bulls with these guys that I didn't even know at the time, you know, I would have said you're crazy, but um, it just seems like it's uh, all in a day's work now. So those are, you know, there's, there's been so many highlights. It's been an unbelievable amount of fun. And the funny thing is like Chicago sports haven't even really been good at all in that, right. you know, in these, in these couple, this like year and a half or so. And so we're really start to feel like we're maybe turning the corner, hopefully, and more fun times to come. Right. I, I saw, a, um, I saw a poster, it was like a tweet of someone saying, uh, and it made me feel old, but someone was saying that, Think about think about the fact that there are Bulls fans today who have not seen the dynasty and the best Chicago Bulls team that they have seen is that potentially if they were uh what five years old, six years old, was that 2010-11 Bulls team. So they don't know they haven't seen the dynasty and all they know is that one team and then just a bunch of mediocrity behind, like around it. It's kind of kind of right. crazy to think about, right? <laughs> And that's me, honestly, you know, like yeah. that's my age group. I, I, I have no, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't around. I, yeah. I, I came into the world just after the dynasty. And I, I was what in like, I think I was in seventh grade when Derek Rose won the MVP. And like Man. that team holds a place very special to my heart because like, you know, I mean, it was a time with me really becoming a, a, a big sports fan and, and Derek Rose was so exciting, but also that's really the only Bulls team that I've ever seen excel and feel like they really had a shot and so it, it really is a, a sort of a crazy thing yeah no doubt about that it's you know you talk about the roughness parts of being a bulls fan and and 
and obviously the how passionate Bulls fans still are because with the, with the, all the mostly negative stuff that happens with being, with being a Bulls fan, uh, and and it it just kind of yeah it, it kind of gives you more perspective and how how much you know the fan base really just loves this team and and supports them through uh, through thick and thin and you know I don't know. Joe, if you you probably don't know this, but that was one of the taglines for the Bulls at one point, uh, through thick and thin. That was the early <laughs> early baby Bulls when they were just terrible. Um, yeah, it's almost I, it's I, almost as if they knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, it, and it it, it still it still rings through uh, twenty like what twenty five years later. Like it was like twenty four years, I think, later that, through thick and thin. That's the forever tagline through thick and thin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think you know the team will always mean a lot to people. Obviously, an unbelievable amount. But I think that fans are sort of you know we've seen the last couple of years sort of reaching the end of that like grace period where we're just you know it's like you know we saw it at when Chicago to the All Star game and they fans got hostile about you know firing guard packs and and I think that sort of sort of reset the clock a little bit. But I, I still you know I, I you. I think everybody could sense how hungry uh, Bulls fans are getting again. Yeah, I I think All Star Weekend was, and, and I remember when we did the show about it afterwards. It was really just a lot of reflection on the fact that, and I'm not even from Chicago, or I've only been to Chicago for like a day, so for like a cup of coffee. But like, I I think everyone knows that Chicago is a huge basketball city, and a lot of things just hit different there, and it has its own style in relation to the game of basketball that isn't always reflected on the Chicago Bulls, you know? So uh, you see the passion of the fans and it has never really matched seemingly almost the effort, I think, from the front office in a way. So it's, or or maybe like ownership and front office, I guess, but um, it's really been like frustrating for sure. But Bulls fans are forever loyal, like like Sling was saying, through thick and thin, and it <laughs> it's been that way, unfortunately. But they it, it really feels like the team deserves a lot more, or the fans deserve a lot more. Yeah, and uh, you know we gotta remain hopeful, but also I think as fans continue to you know expect better and when it comes time, you know, sort of demand better, you know, for, for what it's worth from, you know, Jerry and yeah, Michael, I guess, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you know, with, with, with the, with the thin part of the team process that continues to happen to the Bulls, obviously with that brings a lot of negative chatter and a lot of, you know, to talk about, so-and-so players getting traded and the biggest one this offseason has been Zach Levine. Uh, his, he's been in the rumors all summer. Obviously, last offseason, uh, last trade deadline, too, there was some rumors about him potentially being traded to the Knicks. And then, uh, as Ed said, as we were starting to uh, our intro, we're talking about uh, dropping dimes, the, the big, I'm sure you've in the offseason, Joe, you've been paying attention to dropping dimes, who has Posted a lot of rumors that have surprisingly come true. Uh, he's been on the Zach Levine will be traded at some point train. Um, and again, recently, 
tweeted about how Zach, uh, the Bulls, supposedly they're key players that are not happy with Zach or don't like playing with him, supposedly. And the Bulls, the only reason the Bulls haven't moved in yet because the asking price is high and just the contract situation and whatnot. Uh, wh- what do you make of, of that? Like, how much stock do you put into that as far as this, just the whole conversation around Zach? And like that, even if uh, do you would you be shocked to see a trade end up happening this season with, with Zach Levine? Um, how much stock do I put into that? Um, you know, it's hard to say, but I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, that was clearly there at points last year, and I actually think Zach finished the season on. On, an, on a very high note, I think he was playing some of the best basketball of his career, certainly, you know, that we've seen in a while. And um, that being said, you know, I, I, those those allegations at times last, last season about the guys not meshing with him, not gelling with him, being upset with his effort level, we, we saw that with our own eyes. It came out on the court occasionally. Um, and so, no, would it surprise me to see him get moved um, I, I just think the timeline is the part that's really tough to, you know, determine with that. He's got what five years still left on his deal. Um, he's, he's obviously an extremely talented player. I think there's a ton of teams that would be in the market for him. I know that the Knicks obviously were already very much linked to him, uh, around the trade deadline. I think there's a lot of teams that could use, you know, sort of a guy who could play off the ball combo guard, play on the wing a little bit and just score, shoot 40% from three. And I I, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him get moved, but the bottom line is the Bulls aren't really in a rush to move him as much as they, you know, are with a guy like DeMar, Um, not so much with his booch anymore, but yeah, I I would, uh, I expect that there's a market for Zach. And ultimately I, you know, I don't think this team is competing for a championship with the current core. So I think all of those things in turn would align with him getting moved. I'm not sure when, and I'm not sure exactly what the hall back is, but no, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's smoke to this and dropping dimes has been unusually accurate for a, a random Twitter account as we were, we were talking about like earlier in the off season has just seemed to get a lot of things right just kind of out of nowhere. So uh, it, it matches with what we've read, I think, from I think Joe Cali and maybe Casey have reported on this as well before in the past. But um, right. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. It, it seems like until a team like the Bulls are basically selling a car and they want full value and other teams are saying, no, oh, we'll give you 75 percent. And they're just saying, well, we're not going to do that. So I, I think the only way something changes is if the Bulls are in a similar predicament as they were last season where they were just kind of like a mediocre team and potentially sellers. And if they are, then we're going to start seeing those sharks surrounding the front office again. And they may be tempted because it does seem like it, it seems like from the sources that we've read or listened to that they don't like this contract with the player. And that may be a big factor. And then on top of that, the relationship with Billy Donovan, I think that could also be contributing to it as well, because it seems very interesting to me that all of these rumors kind of started around 
the same time that um that or a little bit after like uh Billy Donovan and AK their secret contract extensions leak. So it seems kind of interesting to me that all of that came out like started kind of rolling out afterwards. So I'm just playing a little conspiracy here, but <laughs> yeah, and and and, it, and the one thing that that worries me a little bit because we have you know we've seen there's a game where Zach. I don't remember where they were playing, where, where, where Billy kept him out down the stretch because he was shooting so poorly. And he was vocal about being frustrated with Billy at that point. And so we know that he, you know, he's a young superstar. And I, I think the one thing that I wouldn't want to see is to come, him come out and go nuclear and demand a trade because I just, I, I would hate to see him back the Bulls into a corner and take away some of the leverage that they might have to trade him. Because, you know, right now, you, you could still hopefully extract a lot of value for him, but I just think that continues to go down as if he is, you know, clearly unhappy or, you know, if the team is not winning at all. So we'll see. It's an interesting situation to watch. Right. And I guess my biggest thing is it's interesting to note is saying that supposedly key players that are not happy with him or not, don't like playing with him. That's, you know, something we then think about going into the season is, like chemistry issues uh, as far as, you know, with, with this front office talking about continuity being such a big factor, uh, what, what, if that report is accurate, could that chemistry issue happen and the continuity, uh, you know, you can be thrown out the window, any level of continuity. And obviously continuity, we've kind of mocked the word at this point just because <laughs> of the fact that the, the how poor the team played last season – but that's something to be, I think, you know, keep an eye on as well, because if, if there's chemistry issues and it could get derailed pretty quick at the start of the season. Right. Right. And my thing with the continuity is like continuity of what, you know, a team right. that was in the playing <laughs> game. It's not like we're bringing back like the, you know, the prime warriors, big three core and, you know, like running, running it back like this, this group hasn't accomplished anything. So I'm not, yeah, I, I you know, if they have chemistry issues, like it would, again, it w- would it shock me? No. Yeah. It, it seems like a lot of this continuity is forced just because they haven't had the assets to do anything significant and they haven't, they, they just haven't been able to make deals in general. So a lot of this has just kind of been forced and they just really just been stuck in this. So, um, at the same time, if you are going to try out continuity, and that has been a focus of this offseason, and they have been able to add some pretty solid players when you look at Javon Carter and Torrey Craig around that, it does make you think in theory that this team could be better than most people think, and especially in an Eastern Conference that is not as strong at the top as it has been in past years, and there's kind of a lot of muddiness in between that as well. So there is room for the Bulls to surprise, but I think Salim makes a good point here that if and it's funny because we're treating Jopping Dimes like he's like the like a woes here with this report, but <laughs> but uh, when, when the key players is mentioned, it's like uh, there, there's only so many players that can be right. Like it, a key player wouldn't be like Io. It wouldn't be like. Kobe White, like a key player would be Damar or it would be Vooch. Like it, it'd be someone like that. Yeah. 
But but and my thing is, and I, and I'll be in full disclosure. I don't even know about this dropping dimes guy. I'm just yeah. listening to this report, the full report, and it's something that I could believe 100 percent because we've seen things like that. Yeah. But like, if the key guys are Demar and Luke, and you're and you're Michael Ryan's or for your AK, and you want to build around Zach because you think that's a better move. Why the hell do you care what Demar and Vooch have? You know, like they're they're expensive. It's not like they're you know young superstars calling the shots. And so I I don't know this that whole situation to me. I it, are we in a rush to like you know really tailor things to exactly to Demar's liking necessarily if that's what the report's saying? Because how long is he going to be here for? And I just think, um, that's no, I I. You know what? What it sh- I, I I'm worrying about more of like you know, sort of the entirety of the locker room having you know isolated Zach as some of the reports had said last year. That's a that's a good point though yeah. that you brought up with Demar because he is on an expiring contract right now, and the team has basically gone all in on this continuity plan, and you can't when you go all in, you can't just you know you go all in, you can't just like halfway do it right. So. You would think that if continuity is in the works, then someone like Demar is going to be extended. I don't, I don't know what, how deep those talks may be or what the status of those are right now, but I, I think, and again, putting on my conspiracy hat, but like, what if there's a chance that a part of this with Demar is that, hey, you know, I, I'll be here, but I don't know how it's going to work with Zach these next couple of years if I like stay. Like that may be a factor in his decision uh, going forward and the Bulls may be thinking about choosing tomorrow long-term because he's a well-respected leader in this locker room and seems to have a lot of these young players under his wing. I don't know, but again, just speculating. But yeah, And that, that's the thing that concerns me personally, just because I, that, that idea and plan is just like dumb to me, mm-hmm. like that you're choosing the older player that's going to be on the decline soon who, by the way, isn't like I love Demar. No, yeah. there's no disrespect to Demar, but it's not like this is, you know, prime Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, th- th- like it's not like you're picking a guy that's been a top ten, top five guy over Zach Levine. I, that that would be the most annoying thing to me. Like I, I, I get wanting to trade Zach, and I've been one of the few, uh, and Joe, you probably seen me that wants to like do a full rebuild and breaking these guys up. Uh, and trading Zach, I'm not against it. Like I, I, I before it is not about Zach necessarily. I just like to see a reset for this roster. But like the thought about trading Zach to keep Demar and Vooch happy, and trying to continue to build around them is just bonkers to me, and it just doesn't make much sense at all. Right, right. And I, and I've said you know along a similar note, like. Um, and, you know, I agree. I think I think sooner or later it's probably time to blow up, blow everything up. But if 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 they believe that Zach Levine can at least be, you know, they have him under contract for five years. He can be part. He's young enough to be part of you know the next core, whenever that is or whatever that looks like. If they're ready to compete again, Don, you know, he's still young enough to be part of that window. That's my thing. So he is actually the one guy. You know, on one hand, I understand if you want to trade him because. He could probably yield, I would say, the most value due to his age and, you know, that, you know, you're not going to have to extend him or anything like that. But, you know, just he he could potentially still be part of whatever the Bulls are trying to do next. And I, I just think even how 
far away they seem to be, it's unlikely to me that DeMar and, and, you know, to a lesser extent, Vooch are really a part of that. It feels like the Wolves are going to get caught holding the bag here with Zach Levine because, and, and we discussed this a bunch before in the past, but fair or not, his perception around the league is what it is. It's never equal to what he actually is as a player, to what Bulls fans actually know he is as a player. It's always some different like perspective of what that is. And I think the more of this drags out, if we see more rumors about how players on the team are not getting along with Zach Levine. And we also enter a season and the Bulls are struggling and they're just treading water. It, it's going to, the tide is going to shift to these buyers of Zach Levine. And then that means that the Bulls are not going to end up getting a whole lot for him, I think. When you, when you talk about the contract and then when teams are going to be like, oh, he's not getting along with those players. Teams are like, oh, he's never won a playoff series. Oh, you know, empty calories. You know, all the the usual lazy perspectives we get about Zach Levine. Those teams are going to be able to leverage that in a really strong way. And if the Bulls really want to get off Zach Levine, the player, and Zach Levine, the contract, and from reports outside of dropping dimes, it seems like that could be the case. It's It feels like they are just going to end up losing in this value game. They're going to end up blinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a totally a very real possibility yeah. that they end up losing uh, in this value game. But also, um, if that's their belief, then you know, I would at least like to see them. What what I didn't like to see was this summer if they didn't, you know, feeling like they had to resign Vooch because they already you know put assets into that. You know, if that's what if that's what they think maximize value but at least you know if, if if they are so you know strongly inclined to to rid the organization of zach levine as a player as a person whatever it is then you know and that's what they think the fix is then you know at least go through with it no fact i i, I completely agree what did what did you think about did you agree with mark eversley's um uh belief of like his mindset around re-signing Vooch that since the Bulls are trying to compete that they needed to bring him back and they they didn't really have another option did you do you like do you feel the contract itself is pretty solid as well uh like what what did you think about Uh, that when you spoke I've got a lot of feelings about this one originally I could not have been more off the train to re-sign Vooch because I think it's I think it was clear that they're not competing for a championship right now and you know, uh, I think twenty million dollars is an overpay per year. Um, I don't, I don't think he's quite worth that. But you know, I think, I think it was obvious that he was going to get that much, especially if he was sticking around with the Bulls. Um, but then again, it, where I really have an issue with it is that I felt like they should have tried to trade him at the deadline um, to get something back for him, um, and. You know, my one of my big issues with Vooch is that I just don't think he's if he's not shooting threes, I just I I, I struggle to think he's a great like playoff big. I, I understand they had a you know a top five defensive rating. I, I just I'm not sure um you know how much how deep you can go with a guy like that sort of anchoring your team. Um but I I, I don't love the idea of letting Vooch walk for nothing. And so at least 
I guess you're giving yourself, you know, three years and, you know, $20 million, that's a tradable contract. So I hope that this is not the end of the road in terms of what their plans are. Um, you know, and the, and the thing is that I'll, I'll hold out hope for Vooch to, you know, continue to contribute and find, you know, continue to ease into his role. Like he's taken like six less shots per game than he was in Orlando. And I, he, he's still been good. I just think, you know, it's, it's a totally different conversation to talk about, uh, you know, just, just that, that the disappointment of that trade, but, um, you know, now I think they've got to focus on what can you get for him now? And yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Vooch conversation, obviously. I mean, I think the contract, me personally, like it's not a, I mean, maybe a slight overpay, but like, I think just when you look at around the league, what a lot of guys are getting and I think the percentage of the cap, um, I, I don't think it's a terrible deal. I was more so looking to hopefully see like the third year being maybe a partial guarantee, but um, you know, the bulls are trying to do this players first organization. So they, they're, they're just trying to, you know, take care of their players and give them the full guaranteed money. Uh, so they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, kind of, dispel the previous uh, reputation of like, you know, they did, they're not a player's first organization. So stuff like that, I guess that happens uh, when, when Mark Eversley and our tourists are trying to change that image. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, the, the Vooch part obviously extended, they had other stuff happen in the off season too, with bringing on Javon Carter and Tory Craig. And then obviously, you know, they, they re-upped Kobe White, to uh, which I thought was a very nice deal, uh, very team friendly, and also had a beneficial to Kobe as well with those little incentives that are put placed in, into it. But uh, what, what were your thoughts on the rest of the offseason with the, some of the bull, moves the Bulls made, regardless of how you feel the direction the team should be in? But like just sure. those additions, how do you feel about them as they at least try to address some needs? Sure, sure. Uh, I really like the addition of Tory Craig. Um, I sort of think he's exactly um, what they need in terms of another body, another guy who's got size on the wing, sort of a rugged defender. He's experienced. He's played in big games. He's had tough matchups in big games. Um, and then a guy that can hit threes. He's got, what, 39% last year is a total factor um, in the playoffs in a couple of those games. And so he's like, I, I, I think sort of gives you a little bit of versatility with how you want to deploy Patrick and um, we'll just be, you know, I, I, I really like that compared to, you know, bringing in six, four Javante green to, you know, defend some bigger wings and power forwards. That just, that, that, that really bothered me. Um, Javon Carter, I, I like a lot, you know, sort of Alonzo light, as I know Peck had talked about uh, over the past couple of days too. He could shoot really well. Um, you know, even going back to his West Virginia days has just always been um, a really good on-ball defender, gets good pressure um, on the ball handler. Uh, he's a solid player. My thing is just like, I mean, they've got a lot of guards, it seems like. They've just got, uh, you know, they. I, I was surprised to see them go and add Javon Carter after re-signing Io and Kobe, that that's what surprised me a little bit because I, I you know, they still have Russo. I, I, 
you know, I guess I, I still sort of view Zach as a two, um, but I, you know, I just, I guess there's, there's spots in the rotation for these guys, but um, that's, they're, they're still a little bit small, but, but I do like uh, Craig a lot. Yeah. I, I think that I, I still wonder if they wanted to make sure that they kept all of these guys, uh, not only just because they're young, but just to have contracts to trade at some point too. Cause since that was a, a big problem for them uh, last season that they just really didn't have anything to really offer with certain circumstances. So now, uh, you know, I, I don't know if Kobe is going to get moved, but you, you have a lot more, I think, versatility now in terms of like matching up for some deals, potentially if something were to become available. But it, it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how the guard rotation shakes out now when you think about Carter, Zach, Caruso, Kobe, um, Io, and um, I feel like, I'm, am I missing somebody? <laughs> I feel like I'm missing a Carter. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how how that shakes out. Um, what what do you think about um, what do you think about uh, Carter's game? Like you were you were talking about how he played at West Virginia, and he he was such a tenacious defender and so impactful there, and that's carried over to what he's done in the NBA, and he also has a little bit of playoff experience as well with the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you think that there is a a next step to his game? Like, not necessarily him becoming, like, a, a star or something like that, but do you think that he is not – like, he, he can take a little bit more of a step. Like, maybe the Bulls can get something more out of him that we haven't seen yet before. I, I think um, I, I think around the time when he signed, a lot of his, uh, his success with, like, that pull-up jumper had been emphasized statistically. And that's something that I'm definitely looking to see uh, to see in Chicago. But do you think there's like an extra step to his game that we could potentially see with him? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that you know. I, first of all, I think he brings a ton. Just the way he plays, he brings a a, a shit ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm not supposed to say that. He brings a ton of energy. <laughs> um, and I think the Bulls need a lot of that. Like they need a bulldog. They need a guy who's going to get his his head in there. Um, and sort of, you know, the, the team at time really lacks a spark. And I think he's also, like you said, he's played in big games. He's been in, uh, in championship locker rooms. And so is, is he a guy that can be, be emerge as another, you know, leader and sort of lead by example, maybe become, you know, more akin to, you know, like the role, you know, Bruce Brown played, you know, for the Nuggets. I think obviously the Bulls aren't the Nuggets, but like, you know, can he be a guy like that? come in, you know, I, I'm not sure. Can he run the offense in the second unit? Maybe, but I, but I think he can do a lot of things and, and be a useful player. And I think also is sort of malleable and can, and could step in and play with, uh, with different, different guys in the starting unit as well. Yeah, no doubt. I think my, my, like, I really like the Javon Carter addition because like we talk about how much shooting this team needs and about guys being gun shy of, you know, shooting a shot. Like, you know, I, I'm a big Patrick Williams guy and I, Kobe guy. I'm a big Kobe and Io. I like Kobe and Io too, but there were times where those guys would hesitate, especially Io and Pat at times would hesitate or just have the, you know, an offensive flow, the process being a little bit slower that they would pass up threes. 
like a Javon Carter is not, you know, gun shy. He, this guy will pull the trigger, you know, without a doubt, especially when you have guys helping off of DeMar and Zach. You need a guy like that. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big I'm – I'm, I was pretty happy with the Javon Carter signing, and especially at the cost we got him for. And, and obviously, Tory Craig, we got him a great value too. But it's uh, I was pleasantly surprised at how AK was able to pull that out because I going into this offseason, I, I 100% had the feeling that, yeah, we're going to – we're talking about adding shooting, but we're not going to be able to do it because just how limited they were as far as the cap was concerned. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful that uh, you know. I, I, you're right. Three point shooting really was uh, was what this team was missing, and uh, you know, I, I'm curious as to what it could look like with a couple more high volume and high efficiency guys. And ideally, you see Pat continue to that that processing catches up for him, and you see that volume go up because of that. That that could be a big factor as well. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, looking at Pat's numbers are like, he's like, you know, not to jump the gun on any Pat conversation, but like really crazy what he's done in his career. 39, 51% in, uh, and obviously a year that was shortened by injury and then 41 again. I mean, as a guy, he's, he's got so much value, even, even, you know, even to be a little bit disappointed still, you know, and I, I understand the Bulls didn't draft him to be, you know, a three and D wing at the fourth pick, but he, he really is a, a pure shooter. And that archetype in the league is, is still very, very valuable. So, you know, I, I that's, that's just had to get that off my chest as soon as I hear it. Yeah, no, he, he, his three point rate from his rookie season went up about like 14%, but he's still, like a really good shooter and not only that but his his form is so much better and we see you know even though Salim is right that we we still see some hesitation from him I I think he's a lot more sure of himself than he was his rookie season like I think he is a little bit more like just like go with it and just take the shot so like he, he still has a little bit more ways to develop there but I like what I'm seeing there and I I definitely think there's room for him to take even more of a jump with this three-point shooting so um yeah we can i mean we can go right into right into the project pat the weekly project pat segment i, I still think we need some sort of theme song to go with all of us but uh we, we want to get into patrick williams and kobe white and both of them have really made strides over the last couple of years and especially last season i i think kobe white was such a, a big thing for him last season and to see the comments that Mark Eversley's at Mark Eversley made about him, where it, it's showing up on the court, it's showing up off the court, it seems like he's in a really good spot with his development, and it makes you feel really good that they were able to get a contract, especially for the value that they did. It, it seems like Kobe White could really be a sleeper breakout candidate to potentially be like a a really strong six man of the year type of player. We've seen him just make jumps on both sides of the ball, especially defensively where he has been more focused. He's, you know, in position better more. He's making better reads. Like it's just night and day from his rookie year. Like his game is, has definitely slowed down and it's less frantic than it has been in the past. So 
Like, what are your thoughts about Pat and Kobe and their development? Like, how optimistic are you about them heading into this season? Well, Kobe, I, I'm excited about just because, you know, I think last year was was really the first year where, where we saw Kobe sort of take a jump um, and just change his game a little bit. And I, I think a lot of what it was was Kobe's just starting to understand his role a little bit better, seeing the way he fit into the team and what he needed to provide. And it's funny because I think we're all in agreement about just how big of a leap he took it. And it's like, it's it's not necessarily super obvious from the offensive end, just from the you know just from the stat you know sheet. He wasn't you know his three point volume and uh, you know efficiency was down. Um, his points per game were down. You know, but he, he was his assists were down, but his steal percentage was way up. He was turning the ball over a little bit. Less. Now he was so much better um, on defense, and you know I I I I thought that that you know, Pat Bev, even before he had gotten there, but just sort of that even DeMar hard-nosed sort of understanding what it takes and, again, what his role was on the team. And I was really impressed with just sort of what he was able to bring night in, night out, and gives me a lot of hope for, you know, him continuing to grow uh, as a player. I mean, he's what? How old is he? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, 23? Yeah, 23. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm really hopeful, you know, that, um, you know, he's, you know, that last season was just the first stepping stone and that there's more to come. So, Liam, how about you? Just on Kobe before we get into Pat. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really, I don't know if high is the right word, but, like, I'm excited to see what Kobe does this season because, like a lot, I I don't know if you read. Obviously, you guys at CHGO interviewed uh, Mark Eversley, and Mark Eversley was making the rounds, and we talked about this last week when uh, we were talking about the interview of on Bulls Fest. Um, and Mark Eversley really spoke highly of Kobe White, and he went out of the way to talk about Kobe White because there was a questions that were asked about the starting point guard situation with Lonzo being on, and them getting Javon Carter, and then he brings up Kobe White's situ- name. Uh, into uh, kind of kind of not replacing Lonzo, but like kind of being like that guy that can can help uh, you know, with the Lonzo equation as far as what what we're missing, and it makes me think like the Bulls are really high on him at this point, and they could see I could see Kobe with the way he's worked this offseason, how hard he's worked, and the way the Bulls are talking about him. And I'm I'm assuming like that's not only Mark Eversley's opinion. I'm I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of a widespread opinion in that front office that you could probably see Kobe White maybe end up at the starting point guard spot if he comes in and really fights for it. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting because I think outside of the, there's only three spots in the starting lineup that are guaranteed right now, I would say is Vooch, DeMar and Zach. Um, I think Pat is going to get challenged for the starting spot. And I think the point guard spot is up for grabs as well. Um, and that's going to be the, to me, going into training camp and into preseason, that's going to be like an interesting thing to keep an eye on uh, because then I've been rambling here a little bit, and we'll get more into Pat, but like I've kind of said, like if Kobe and Pat come in and just kind of stranglehold on those starting spots, uh, Bulls could be potentially cooking with grease in a sense because you talked about the continuity and then all of a sudden, 
maybe the Bulls' ceiling a little is a little higher than we thought it was if those guys come in and just are able to just take those start, starting spots. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I think Kobe, that's a role that he could. You know, I don't think it's a super easy role to play point next to two, you know, mm. three really real ball-dominant guys and, and then guys who are not necessarily always locked in on defense. But I, I think Lonzo is really the perfect fit. Um, but right. I do think um, – yeah, I have a lot of I have high hopes for what Kobe could bring this season. I think he's still a really good shooter when it comes down to it. Um, and I was super intrigued with what we saw on the defensive end. And then I, you know, Stacey King said it yesterday. He's six five. You know, he's big. Mm-hmm. Bring some size. He brings some athleticism. And and I, you know, I I I, I value that as well on the backcourt. Yeah, um, and not to say, and not to say I think he's going to start. I just think it's interesting. To keep an eye on right either way from from whatever position he's in um you know i'm just i, I think he's going to find a way to continue to improve just based on what we saw um last season yeah I, I think kobe white is just easier to project uh heading into his uh fifth season now i i think when we were talking about him earlier in his career we were we were like ah you can't put him on the floor with with this guy you can't you know you can't uh, put him on this player defensively, but I feel like now we have like a certain level of reliability now with Kobe White, where we can trust him a little bit more defensively, offensively. I think he fits into different lineups better now, and I think there's still like a next level to his game. I, I've been saying it before, like I really want to see if he can really become a a higher level shooter. I, I think he started out more as a streaky shooter and kind of sort of is except on catch and shoot. But I want to see if he can really start to hit that like 40% a lot more consistently. And I also want to see if he's going to get more chances to create more off the dribble and see if his decision-making can continue to get better. So there's definitely still so many ways that Kobe can grow as a player. And I I, I think it's great that what we're hearing from Mark Eversley seems to match what we've been seeing on the floor, especially when we talk about off the court, because we can't always see those things. Um, so kind of like shifting back, Patrick Williams, how how are you feeling about him? How are you feeling about him, Joey? Like we, he's heading into his fourth season contract year. He's going to be a long-term piece for his team. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of contract he ends up signing, but what, what can, what can he do this season as he is still the kind of like fourth or fifth option, however you want to view it, but still kind of in that same kind of predicament as Kobe where he's trying to advance his game without necessarily getting a whole lot more opportunities in terms of shots, but there's still things that he can do better. So where do you see him going this season? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think what he, you know, what hopefully Patrick, like Kobe did last season, can continue to understand, um, you know, and define what his role is going to be on this team. Um, you know, I think in the future, hopefully, you know, we haven't seen it yet. I think, I, you know, people think Pat could be a, an on-ball creator, but that's not what it's going to be this year. So, you know, can he continue to seek out his shot and be more aggressive looking for his shot? Because he's going to get the ball at times. He's not going to be the first option. 
but can he can can he show less hesitancy to let it fly when he gets it from beyond the arc? Because we're, we're talking about you know how pure he's been as a shooter, but but we all know that he he just sometimes doesn't let it go. Um, you know, I, I I like what we see on the defensive end, but but like Kobe, can he find other ways to impact the game? Like, can we see his rebounding numbers go up? He, he's he's such an inconsistent rebounder. Rebounding numbers actually have gotten worse every year, and and. Can, can we see him, you know, on the offensive glass? Can we see him attack the basket? Can we see him slash? Can we see him move without the ball? He, he is another guy who just doesn't always feel super engaged. But again, I'm hopeful because I'm like, if that's the biggest problem, so be it. We've seen him flash. You know, it's been few and far between, but he showed some incredible talent. And, and like I said earlier, I think his like archetype of – you know, being a guy who's big on the wing and can and can defend some of the better wings and can shoot threes is super valuable. And so, you know, you continue to sort of work with him. And, and it's hard. It's like with both of these guys, it's a little bit of like the chicken and the egg because you want them to continue to become more comfortable playmakers and decision makers. But – you just don't know if those reps are going to be there throughout the season with, you know, DeMar and Zach and Vooch likely getting so many touches. Right. I, I'll say this with reps. So, like, in this in this season, like, Billy is not going to, like, game plan for you if you don't show him from the beginning. So that 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 you're capable of getting these reps. So, like, going into training camp, that's why I'd say training camp is going to be so interesting because – like we need what we need is co- both Kobe and Pat to kind of go into training camp not with the mindset that we're role players off of the big three, but we are a big part of this team and we need to be more like to kind of grab the bulls by the horn and not just take a backseat to Demar and and Zach. Kind of be like kind of like not to say alphas, but just come out there and be strong. Kind of like how. And not not to say that this is what they'll do, but like kind of how Jimmy Butler when back when he broke out, he kind of came into training camp and said, "I'm this is how I'm going to play," and he set the tone from the beginning. So I think that's going to be important. I think once if they show that, then you're going to kind of see Billy be like, "Okay, into the season, well, I'm going to give Pat some more opportunities. I'm not just going to have him as a, a as a screen setter. I'm going to try to set some screens for him and try to see if he can get something going." Um, and same for, for Kobe as well. So I think that, like I said, I just keep going back to that training camp and preseason is going to be such an interesting and fun time to see what maybe what Kobe and Pat do. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point and an interesting thought because, you know, I, like I said a million times, it's under, it's important for them to understand their role, but I don't necessarily think they are just role players because I, I don't believe that Zach DeMar Vooch is like a true big three. Like I, they're not going to succeed just playing through that trio. They they haven't, they have not in a, in a relatively large sample size. Like we've seen, uh, you know, the plus minus numbers, um, and so I just, you know, it's it's understanding your role. But but right, just like I thought, how you said, just how how they can continue to sort of be assertive and establish themselves in whatever way that is. But that's a it's a great point. Let's wrap with let's wrap with this. So we we talked about continuity. We talked about 
you know, all of the different moves that the Bulls have made this offseason and also kind of got into some of the, the dynamic in terms of chemistry and hoping that that can be something that can give the Bulls a leg up this uh, uh, during the season. Let's look at the Eastern Conference and where we project the Bulls are going to finish. Right now, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I'm looking at some sports books. I think I'm looking at like DraftKings right now and this could be dated, but I see the over under right now is like 37 and a half. So, given that they were 40 and 42 last season, can you see them making a jump to 44 wins potentially? Like, is that the ceiling? Is that something that's realistic? Is it, is it 48, 47? I don't know. Probably not 50, but where do you, where do you see the scene like realistically falling given that the top of the East is, is not as strong as it was before, but still obviously better teams than the Bulls. And then everyone kind of in between. There's a lot of teams that are kind of like clumped in between that. And then there's, I feel like, less bad teams than there has been in the past. So the Bulls could really be anywhere from another play-in spot to, I don't know, maybe they're fighting for that uh, that sixth seed overall. But uh, what do you what do you think? Where, where are they going to finish in the Eastern Conference? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, would be shocked if they weren't in the plan. Um, just because I, I just I can't see them. You know, even with I'm not sure how many of these top notch teams have gotten better, but I'm just not sure that the Bulls have done enough to necessarily jump any of them. And I think the Bulls are in some close games last year that they, you know, should be hopefully able to swing, you know, with better shooting and more volume. But, like, I just think that there's a lot of teams in the East that are, you know, on paper, I think just maybe more talented or might just make a little bit more sense. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I, you know, I, 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 I think there's a lot of talented teams in the East, like, you know, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Heat. You know, I don't see any of those guys falling off. Um, expect the Cavaliers to continue to get better. The Knicks, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Tibbs, but I think these teams are more talented. I, I like the Nets. Uh, Hawks and the Raptors, I think, are teams that the Bulls could potentially finish above. I, I don't love the Raptors. Um, but, I mean, the Hawks are, are a solid regular season team. They've got They've got some talent, so... You know, I, I, I'm not sure that I see the Bulls uh, as a top six seed. I mean, I have the Bulls roughly around like that seven. I could see six to like anywhere from six to ten, to be honest with you. And I know I, I just I don't have a as high of opinion on the East just because like I think there's still very much like the Eastern Conference. And I, I don't see a team in the East that is like there's juggernaut unbeatable team and i don't think any team in the east has really really gotten that much better to separate themselves from the other teams and i don't disagree with you joe either like other teams that you named that are so better than the bulls but i could i could still see the bulls in that range potentially getting the sixth if depending on the improvements of like pat and kobe and maybe even do better if they depending on how much better those guys get but like at like 44, 45 wins, I think that probably puts them maybe like seventh mm. or seventh or sixth. That's what I kind of see it right now, but we'll see. And maybe I'm a little 
preseason or before <laughs> regular season Kool-Aid at, at this point a little bit, but we'll we'll see how that happens, I guess. Man, it's, it's 44 wins is Kool-Aid these <laughs> Right. I mean, perspective, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> compared to what you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's yeah, I, I think you're right. Like I think really the only team that I think would be kind of scary is if Miami gets Dame. And right. maybe if Boston, if that Porzingis deal ends up working for Boston, then that could be really scary. But those are just kind of, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. Philly is such a who knows what's going on with Harden and how that's going to end. Milwaukee is still going to be, you know, good, but they're older as we talked about. So, it, you know, I, I don't want to compare the Bulls to those teams, but I, I think we mentioned it on the last show that, um, this the schedule for the Bulls is really this opening schedule. I think is really favorable for the Bulls because they play uh ten of their first fifteen games. I think that's what I said. Yeah, ten of their first fifteen games are at home. So for a team that is kind of middle of the road, you need that hot start to really get started. Like you really need to run it up early. You really need to you know, cause a little bit of a buzz early. If you don't, then you're kind of, it, it's not going to be looking good later. So they, they really have to take advantage, I think, um, and protect home floor. I, I think that was the thing that stood out when we go back to how they were playing a few years ago. They were taking care of business at home and they have to get back to that this time around. So I, I, I think 40, like if they went 44 and 38, I, I would be cool with that. I mean, it's not glamorous, but <laughs> I'd be cool with that. I think. <laughs> no doubt, I I would agree. That would that would be I think sort of towards the the higher end of uh, the spectrum for them. Forty four would be great. What do, you, what do you think is like the lower end, like the the lowest you could really see this team going? Um. It's tough. I, I, I don't know. 30, 30, 35, 34. Um, I don't think so. I, I don't, I hope they don't lose 50 games. Uh, um, <laughs> they, but, they, they did. That's like a big yeah, injury or something happened, I think. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, I, I, I just, uh, you know, like, I, I just think that there's scenarios in which there's some other teams, like, in this league, there's just some talent that that can like Will Gottlieb super high on the Pacers. I think they're good. I you know I think Halliburton's going to take a big step and 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 really you know show that he could be you know a number one guy on a good team. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Magic take you know, you know another step forward with another year of Paolo and Bronze in year three. Like I I I think that that duo is is a great great duo going forward. And so you know I think it's only a matter of time until they take a big step forward. So. Um, you know, I think Mikhail Bridges is great. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the rest of their roster, but I actually think they're good and have some size and have some defense. And I, I like Nick uh, Claxton a lot, but, you know, I, I just think that uh, there's some scenarios where I, I, I sort of think it, it's going to also come down to, you know, how other teams are playing, obviously, but we'll see. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have the crystal ball, obviously, but, you know, I, I could see it going either way. I, I really don't know. I feel yeah. like even more so than last season, um, I'm just really – I could see it going in a couple of different directions. Yeah. 
we're so good. I'm with, I'm with Will on the Pacers for sure. They're the team to kind of look at in the East that could surprise, and and we'll see how they do because, like you said, you know, Halley, you got Halley and Matthew in year two. They added some good pieces in the off season with uh, Obi Toppin, and they added um, another guy. Was it Gabe Vincent? They added. No, Vincent's on the Lakers. No, Gabe. No, Lakers. They added someone else. I can't remember. They added Jarrace Walker Bruce, too from Houston, who I like a lot in the draft. Like Bruce yeah, Brown. They've got Bruce Brown. Yeah, right, go. right. Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown for twenty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was a lot of money. But he, I mean, he's a really he's great. He's a, yeah, he's a good great. role player. Of course, in addition to that that team. So, like, yeah, I can see the Pacers making a nice. Uh, this division's good. We, we were talking about it yesterday with Stacey King. Like the Pistons could be good. They've got talent. Like you know, it's I. Mm. I'm, I'm a still a Cade Cunningham believer, and I you know he was he was good this summer. I know against you know in the FIBA sort of warm up games. Who knows? I mean, they're still a couple years away, but they've got some players of high pedigree um, and some no, high draft definitely. picks. Got, so I, I, I just think it. you never know how these how these guys can sort of just like turn it on. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I, I think Pistons. I'm I'm still not out on Cade either. Um, next season, I'd be I'd be surprised if the Pistons aren't bad again. But um, as far as their future, I definitely I, you know they got Asher Thompson. Um, they got obviously Cade. They got some other little uh, like the uh, uh, Duran. They have they have some good. They definitely have some good. Obviously, oh, Jaden Ivey. They have some good uh, young talent there for sure. That in the future, they could be a uh, you know a problem for the for the East and for the division in general. I agree with you there. Yeah, I I look at I don't know. I, I kind of look at Atlanta a little bit as a team that could be a little better. I mean, you think about a full season with Quinn Snyder, who's a fantastic coach. I mean, they have a really deep roster. They have two really good perimeter players with. You know Trey and and Deontay Murray and a, a lot of like really solid young players who've been coming into their own like that that team. I mean, I I feel like Atlanta has just, like it, it's they're kind of overdue, but I, I don't know if it's ever going to actually happen. But it, if it's not now, then I don't I don't know when it's going to be for them. But they could be a they could definitely be a team. But yeah, I think all of this just kind of like overscores kind of like the the general point that they're all of these teams are just kind of like clumped together, and you're just trying to guess which one is going to, like, make it out. And it could really be any of them. Like, we we don't know. But there are definitely some interesting choices. But, you know, ho- hopefully the Bulls are in a position where they're where they're staying competitive and they're able to, uh, you know, make a little bit of their own noise. Uh, Joey, this this has been this has been great talking to you. We, we feel like – it feels like we were able to, you know, give you some of those takes. Like, we, we rolled the ball out and you were giving it to us, man. Like, th- this was this was amazing. I appreciate you guys for, for letting me get it all off my chest. Thank you guys. And thank you guys for having me on. This was a ton of, a ton of fun. Honestly, I just looked at the clock. Time is flying right now. Right. Um, yeah. But this was a lot of fun. You guys like, you guys know your stuff, of course. And um, just two really good dudes. Salim, it's been great. Like getting to know you just for the, you know, the last year or so. And, you know, Ed, I look forward to interacting more. Yeah, hopefully, com- hopefully coming back on the show but like I said, the, I think one of the coolest things to me has just been seeing sort of the Bulls community and, and how supportive and everyone is of each other. And so I, I think stuff like this is just incredibly cool. 
Yeah, 100%. Like, this is this is the best community that there is, and everyone has just been super supportive, and we're all doing each other's shows, we're all encouraging each other, and it's just a really tight-knit group. Joey, can you can you let our listeners know where they can where they can follow you if they don't already know and what they can look forward to, to seeing from, you know, going forward with CSGO as we, as we're starting to approach the, the, uh, the, the media day and training camp and preseason, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, they can follow me at Joey Spathis, S P A T H I S. I do have 1000 followers just so everybody knows. Let's Not a huge deal. But not a small deal. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm excited just for another awesome season um, with those guys. I think we, they, you know, we, I, I think we as a group are, are really, you know, hitting our groove in terms of understanding each other on a content perspective and, and just, you know, I, I think still growing as a podcast in terms of co- the way we're covering things and, you know, um, the segments that we're going to do and, and some of the different interviews that we're going to put out. So I know we have big plans for the second full season and I'm just really excited. Love to hear it, man. Love to hear it. Salim, you got any final thoughts before we wrap, man? Yeah. I mean, again, thanks to Joey for joining us. Um, it was a, uh, long time coming, obviously just cause he was not, around uh chicago to kind of be on in this off season he had uh very important things to take care of this off season uh for the for his personal stuff but um i think we you know camp counselor that was uh really cool of you to you know give back to something that is important to you um so that was really cool of you to do that so obviously we couldn't get you on earlier than uh, right now but we'll definitely have you on again like i said during the season uh, to get your thoughts uh, on on how the Bulls are doing, but outside of that, but yeah, man, it's uh, this team. We'll see what they do. The uh, like we said, we you know we have, week by week we're getting closer to the regular season, um, or at least a media day, and we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we we've been getting uh, there was a time where media day was uh, not very normal for the Bulls, but we've had more. Uh, normal non-eventful media days more vanilla ones so uh you know if that's the case i'm 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 excited for that so hopefully it's nothing uh hopefully it's nothing in the dropping dimes uh 20 uh line of uh information that we're gonna get uh in this media day but uh yeah that that concludes today's show uh thank you again to to joey spaffis for dropping by and discussing the bulls with us if you've missed any of our previous shows you can find them wherever you get your podcast right here on the barroom network for Celine Sudwell, I'm Edward Schuler. This has been Bulls Gold and we will catch you next time. Bulls fans.